0: Hello, I'm Tracy Carlton Ward, and this is Sweat, Grit and Hustle. On today's show, I am joined by a fellow member of a networking group I'm in, and that's the amazing Paul Richardson, who is the owner and founder of Inception Support, expert Mac Support for Business and Home. Welcome, Paul.
1: Hello, thank you.
0: So it's great to have you on here Um, and I know from literally a a one-to-one we were having the other day, I know you've got some brilliant little golden nuggets for future business owners and current business owners out there who are trying to decide what the heck to do in terms of their IT systems. But before we go into the things that um, IT support and um, services like yours can do to help businesses, why not share with us how you actually arrived at getting into your business from where you started when you left school?
1: I'm one of those very, very fortunate people who gets to do the job they've always wanted to do. From as far back as I can remember, you know, top end of primary school, I'd always wanted to use computers and fix things you know, taking bits and pieces apart that my parents had found and putting them back together was not really happening, but I was 11 or 12. It wasn't that big of a problem. Um, Yeah, all usual routines, secondary school. Um, And then I did a two-year electronics course um, after leaving school. Um, From there, I was uh, headhunted by a local printer repair company. And they were the service centre for Epson UK. Um, So... From there, I was fixing printers and using computers to fix the printers. So, you know, the career path was, I thought, I was doing pretty well. Um, They then won a contract to support Apple Computers uh, with the PC World Extended Cover Plan, for those who uh, remember that. Um, And I fell in love with Macs. Uh, 2004, moved to London from where I grew up in Cheltenham. um, Worked for a service centre for 13 years. Effectively, what I do now, supporting businesses, home users, whoever walked in the door. uh, I love my job. It's fantastic. It's never the same day once, let alone twice. January 2017, um, I thought it was time for the change. It was the right place financially and, and where the family was. And yes, 2017 Inception Support Limited was registered at Companies House. And uh five years on, I'm still here
0: with even with all the madness that's been going on. Wow, and what was so you know it's it's great hearing that part of the reason you moved into your own business were your was your family and I presume your finance were in a space where that was okay, but were there any moments in that first year where you started to think, what the heck have I done
1: as I keep saying to people yeah it, Starting your own business is simultaneously the most ex- and scary thing I've ever done, and continue to do. Um, I love it. It's I'm unemployable now. Um, I wasn't a great employee at the best of times. If you'd ask my previous employer, uh, but I'm, I'm addicted to it. I love it. I couldn't give it up if I tried.
0: Yeah, I must admit, I'm an, I'm unemployable now. But I know a lot of business owners that I meet say the same thing. You know, they'll. It's probably very unlikely even if they wanted to, that they'd get back into that world of working, you know, the nine to five as we call it, and working for somebody else. So you you've been doing the business over the, the five years. How has it, how has it grown? Did it all start growing straight away or has it been a, a slow burn type thing in your business?
1: a mixture of both. Um when I left my previous employer, um, I made a point of not telling the existing clients I was leaving because uh, you hear stories of people going off and poaching clients, approaching, not interested. I didn't want to start the business on that basis. If It, it was either going to sit on its own or fail on its own. I didn't want to, to stand on anybody's toes. That's not how I work, for better or worse. Um, however, um, took some time off after leaving my previous employer, changed my status on LinkedIn, and people previous clients started finding uh, seeking me out saying you know where did you go us? and from there on they've they've recommended people and word of mouth referral is yeah you know, 95% of my new my new business
0: brilliant so 95% is coming from word of mouth what are you doing in your business um, to promote it do the marketing you know what types of stuff are you doing to get other people that aren't word of mouth
1: not as, no, as much as I should, to be perfectly honest. Um, I uh, It's a lot of networking uh, that I've been doing, social media. As we all know we should do more. I don't. Uh, but it is something I'm working on with, a, a, with I'm starting to be uh, a marketing expert. Uh, just because I haven't been getting um, new business through social media, marketing, etc. Doesn't mean I shouldn't be. Um so yeah I've kind of rested on my laurels a bit with the word of mouth but I can't do that forever.
0: Yeah I must admit that mar- the marketing side is also one of my sides where it's like I'm better off letting somebody else do it. It it's not my strength. Um but yeah it, it it is a challenge. I've been reading some of the business networking groups on Facebook and LinkedIn and one of the common things I see as a question for help is how do I get new leads? So, you know, I don't think we're the only two in that boat, Paul, to be honest with you. Um, so tell us a little bit more then about your business, what it does and what you love about it.
1: You know, What I love about it is I'm doing doing my dream job. Um, I fix computers for a living and people pay me to do it. It's fantastic. Uh, I like helping people, solving problems. Um, several times, yeah, people have phoned me in, security breaches have occurred um on a personal basis, something else. And so there was one particular time I helped somebody out and she said at the end of the call, thank you. I can now sleep tonight. That's what I'm here for, to help people. Um with the businesses, it's making sure that things work as structured as they should be, to ready to scale. Um, so, so often I talk to people and IT's forgotten. People pick up a computer, start working, they start growing the business, but the IT infrastructure just isn't scaled to grow. So it's a bit bolted on here, a bit bolted on there. So that kind of works, but doesn't. Um, And I just take that whole system. Sometimes I just rip it apart and put it back together, together again in a completely different shape. But once I have put it back together, it will scale from five users to 500
0: Brilliant. And I know that that's a common thing with many people starting a business. You know, you start off, you're the only person in the business. So you you get a single machine, maybe a bit of cloud storage and away you go. What's the impact of, you know, not sure whether, whether it's a case of impact or what's wrong with it, but where you've got somebody who slowly organically grows, they suddenly get somebody working with them, then they get another employee. Till the next thing they know, they've got three or four of them in the team and all the ITs grown organically and, like you say, cobbled together and sort of worked. What's the problem with leaving it like that?
1: Efficiency. Uh, a lot of the time with these file sharing and synchronization services, the computers spend more time synchronizing the data that's on each machine and talking to each other than actually doing the job you want them to do. In particular, they were using a synchronization service and they were synchronizing five hundred gigabytes of data across five machines they were complaining that computers took half an hour to turn on in the morning well yes that's a feature not a fault sorry they only work when things are small the moment it starts to really get its teeth going when when the business really you know finds its feet and gets going that's where things start to go wrong they start fine but they're not, it's efficient. Yeah. Just going back, it's efficiency. Um, it's not streamlined and it's effective and secure.
0: Yeah. So um, it's all right. Apologies to all our listeners. We're having some interest in zoom sound um, things, some internet quite, uh, difficulties that me and Paul were talking about before we started recording. So so effectively, if if they're there, they've grown their business. They've got a couple of people working in it, and the machines start seem to have started to slow down. It might not necessarily be the machines; it might be the amount of data syncing that's going on. Is that what you're saying? That's correct.
1: Yeah. Yes. No, it, it's they're spending too much time doing things they shouldn't be. It's as simple as that.
0: Yeah. So I know I know lots of us out there. We've got things like our cloud, iCloud, OneDrive, Dropbox. Uh, And I know we were talking the other day when I mentioned mine seemed to be playing up that, you know, I've currently got two cloud based storage systems. And effectively, my machine was spending half its life just sinking to those two systems because I'm in the middle of switching over. So what's an alternative for a business out there that's just starting to grow? Maybe a sole business owner is now looking at getting their first hiring or maybe their second what are the alternatives they could go to to improve the efficiency of all that data syncing between the teams
1: um i have been uh, recently installing um synology nas units for file uh, and server solutions unfortunately apple haven't made anything worth the name of server for years Um, They used to have great products, they decided they didn't want to make it anymore, and yeah, it's just not there. Uh, But these Synology units, they don't have to be back-fensive, however, they they are incredibly powerful and versatile units. You can have lots of storage, and it will just beep at you and keep going, but more importantly, it centralizes uh, the data, because for synchronization services, you get sync errors. As some of you know, people use various systems, see, so you don't get a triangle, can't synchronize this file. I've duplicated it for you. So, you have multiple copies of the file which one's the right one? Not a good place to be. Whereas, the, if you centralize the data, there's less data stored on each computer, which means that the computer itself is disposable. If the computer goes pop, buy a new one, get it repaired, whichever, but your data's in one place. And it can be secured, encrypted, and it can be backed up from a central location rather than wondering, as per the sync problems, which one's the live file?
0: Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Now, just for those of you wondering, um, you know, I used to work in the IT industry, so I know it's, it's one of the ones with a lot of acronyms. And the one you heard a minute ago was something called NAS, which some of you might not have a clue what that means. So, Paul, what does NAS mean? My
1: apologies. The soon <laughs> knowledge is a dangerous thing. Uh, network attached storage. Uh, it's basically a really big hard drive that sits on your network and says, here's drive space, please use it.
0: So, effectively, guys, what, what Paul's referring to is you become the owner of the storage cloud you have your own storage cloud on your own network and I'm presuming you can still get to these things if you're out and about working with clients in the field can you Paul?
1: Yes um, I use the, uh, my own private setup myself I've got the server uh, sat next to me right now and it's my computer synchronizes it with uh, synchronizers over the internet so if I go out do a job save a file The moment I hit save, it enters across the internet and lives on on the server I have here. So if the computer gets dropped, stolen, whatever, between where I am and the office, the data is already off the device. So it makes all of the client machines superfluous, basically um and you know with remote access um you yeah, know with with the lockdown i i kind of I did, I did myself out of thousands of pounds worth of chargeable work because a solution I Ive yeah i think the year in 20 you know, 2018 one of these um server units with synchronization off-site and backups and everything else lockdown happened two years later i said right how much would we have to pay in order to be able to work remotely? so you don't i take a box the system was already capable of doing it so you know there's an ad i I keep throwing around is you know you skate to where the, the puck is going not where it is well that's what i did for that client they spent the money they spent it once and they're still using it
0: cool so you know th- this is a little bit like when you're doing your vision guys for where your business is going you do the actions and you focus on the thing that's going to get you to where you want to be not keep you where you are right now and that's what paul's saying about your it infrastructure so one little thing i i gathered from what you were talking about there was with the with your own effectively um with your own storage that sat somewhere in one of your own offices or premises that you can access from outside that also gives you extra security that the data the minute it's synced up that file is available from the computer but only if they've got it connected into that storage site which means you've got extra security for somebody stealing the the machine is that is that the correct assumption? That it's actually giving you some security on access for, from theft, for instance. Did I, did I understand much. that right? Yeah, very,
1: very much so. Um, people, people don't realise that, you know, people you know, they say, oh, well, I've got everything insured. So your computer's insured from being dropped, from being stolen. What's the insurance policy on your data? How can you rebuild 20, 30 years of business data? You can't. So these solutions protect the data. So yes, you save the file, it bounces across the internet, it's encrypted on the machine you're taking out with you, which it really should be, and if it's not, we need to talk. And it's encrypted on the server itself. So if somebody tries to lift the, the, the server itself from your offices, they can't get in without the, the uh, decryption keys. So it's protected at all stages, physically and digitally, I guess you you put it.
0: Yeah. That's brilliant because I, I hadn't even picked up on that. You know, I always thought if, if you'd got, a, a, like with me, I've got an iPad and I've got my laptop. So if I'm out and about, I use my iPad, I can get to my files through my cloud storage. Um, I hadn't realized that with my cloud storage, yes, OK, that's going to sync it up when I get back to the network. But the thing is, the file's still on my machine. If somebody took it, that they've got that data. So that's, that's pretty, that's pretty dangerous in a way. So yes, I am currently working with Paul to get my own systems, um, to a point where I'm no longer relying on external cloud services for my storage. And it's not as expensive as I actually thought it would be. You know, I'm thinking it'll cost me thousands and that's not the case, guys. So if you're out there and you've got similar issues, you know, you're wanting to know, what do I do about storing my data? My machine's running out of space. It's getting slow. I'm building my team and we've got to start sharing things. Then I definitely recommend you talking to Paul or somebody like him that can actually get you effectively a design of what to do with this wonderful NAS box as it's called. So Paul, one of the things I hear quite a lot out there is if you haven't already been hacked or your machine hasn't already been held to ransom by some cyber hacker, then it's simply because they haven't yet got to your phone number. How big an issue is this cyber security stuff right now?
1: It's massive and it's not, the biggest security problem out there is not the computer; it's the user. Um, there's a lot of education that needs to go on with with end users. Yes, okay, yeah. Apple's Macs have got a, a better security profile, um, I guess you'd call it, than than Windows machines. However, there are there are um, anti there are malware bits and pieces out there for Macs they can they'll happily pass them on they can't use them they won't be affected but they'll pass them on but the biggest biggest security problem is people putting their passwords in by following a link that they don't they weren't expecting or don't trust or didn't check with somebody like me saying i'm not sure about this can i click on it can i follow it um there's only so much you can do to secure the hardware like i said with you know previously encryption setting a decent password Making sure your passwords are unique. You don't have to set them to change every thirty days or whatever, because it makes people lazy. Because I have to change my password again, I'll just use the one I use for Amazon and eBay and Apple Store themselves. It needs to be unique because if one's compromised, it doesn't mean they it then doesn't mean they have the keys to the kingdom.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I, well, a while ago, I I got a little um, system going whereby. I now have a different password for every different web I visit instead of just keeping the same ones. So that's made a big difference for me. Now, the other thing that I do is if I get email or I get links sent to me, I don't actually use that URL. I go, I literally go to my browser uh, and I type in the company I'm looking for. And I physically get to that page from their from the direct website that I've keyed in. And the brilliant thing is, if you can't find the page, guys, you can usually search on anybody's website for what you're looking for. So that's definitely one thing I'd recommend is do not follow links unless you are absolutely certain you know where they've come from. Because that's, I think, is one of the biggest exactly. dangers. Yeah. So, you know, you and I, Paul, we're both into Macs. I'm a Mac girl through and through. I fell in love with them in like 1984, 85 when they first came out um, when I was at college. And we sat down with one of the first ever Macs in the UK. Um, But for somebody starting out in business, it's a bit like Marmite, isn't it? You know, or (laughs) you either love them or hate them sometimes. And when it comes to Windows versus Mac machines, there's lots of controversy. Some people say, oh, don't go Mac at all. Others say, oh, stick with Macs. What's your guidance for somebody new in business who is going to go out there? They're going to buy some new kit, maybe just for themselves to get started. What kind of things can they ask themselves to help them work out what to go buy? Laptop, Mac top iPad, tablet, whatever.
1: The first question I always ask is, "What are you going to be using it for?" Because you know, the, the analogy I, I use is, you know, you need to you need a hole in a wall, or you need to hang a picture. Do you use a screwdriver? Do you use a drill? Do you use a sledgehammer? It depends on the task you're trying to accomplish. You pick the right tool for that job. Now, yes, you know, I haven't touched a Windows machine in twenty years. Yeah, you know, it's not that I don't hate. I, it's not that I dislike Windows. Just haven't had. They need to use it. These days, your accounting software, I use, for example, I use Xero. It's brilliant. It's web-based, so it doesn't matter if you use a Mac or a PC. If you're going to be doing, using creative vector work, AutoCAD, that sort of thing, the really heavy-duty, processor-intensive stuff, um, is probably the best um, option for you. Um, Macs are also a very, very good investment. If you buy the right machine at the right, this, again, this is why I'd like to talk to people to make sure they buy the right machine, is if you buy the right machine at the very beginning, yes, okay, you could be talking, spending sixteen to £1,800 pounds up to £2,000, pounds, but that machine will last you best part of 10 years. So the actual cost of ownership works out about £160 pounds a year. Yes, it's all up front, but yeah, it's better... Yeah, the the longevity of these machines, in my opinion, does does outstrip the Windows boxes to a large extent.
0: Yeah, I've found that. Must even with family members, you know, I've had I've had Mac machines that have gone five, six, seven, in one case nine years, and you know, in that time, other people have gone through three, three Windows based machines. So that is one thing I did find when I when I moved across after working in a Windows environment for a job is I didn't have to keep buying machines all the time. But you're right, there's an expense you've got to pay up from for that privilege. Um, so now when you're you going through this, um, you know, we've got some internet issues. So very often we're getting the odd bit of sound clipped. When it comes to doing heavy intensive stuff like CAD, could you just repeat which would be the best way to go, Mac or Windows based, when it's something like CAD?
1: That would be a, a Mac. A it's Mac. built for it. They've always been for the creative, for the bits of even vaguely creative. 99.9% of the time, a Mac is the way forward for you.
0: Cool. Brilliant! Thank you for repeating that one for us, Paul. So outside of, and I know you know, we could probably cut you in half and you'd have the word IT support and Max written through the middle. But outside of your business life, um, what you know, what what do you get up to? What are your hobbies? What you're interested in? What do you love doing?
1: Um, I love being active. Um, going, you know, going out for a run just completely switch my brain off and just move. Um, when my eldest was born, I got in, I uh, started to catch the 5K because I didn't want to be one of these dads who who couldn't keep up with the kids. That got a bit carried away and I ended up running in, a, in the London Marathon. So <laughs> I, I think I might have an issue with learning where to stop. Um, I've recently taken up the more sedate activity of playing snooker once a fortnight with a, with a good friend. Nice. Um, And that, that, yeah, I find find it strangely relaxing, and yeah, it's it's a slower pace than running. But I still, I do still run, but not the the crazy levels of running I have been doing.
0: Brilliant, love it. So, um, you know, before we end today's session, I just wanted to give you the chance, um, and especially if somebody has been listening, loves what they've heard, um, but wants to get in touch with you how do people get in touch with you what part of the country do you work in what you know were you know is there a specific area of the uk a business needs to be in to get your help so your chance to shout out about how people get hold of you and work with you
1: people can find me as Jim yeah, and would be much of a IT support company if i didn't have a website so that's www.inceptionsupport.com um I can be contacted on WhatsApp. Um, the number uh, for that is on my website. I don't want to bore your listeners with risk listing all of the contact details. Um, I'm happy to have a, a no-commitment chat with people up to half an hour just to make sure they buy the right machine or if they want to get some ideas. Um, if people want to uh, just drop me a quick email, it's paul at inception
0: Brilliant. We we will get those details put in the show notes, folks, because I know today we're having internet trouble, so very so often Paul's sound is clipping, but they will be in the show notes, so you'll be able to literally go in there and actually get hold of Paul if you want to chat to him some more, especially if you've heard something today. Didn't get the full gist of it and want to learn more about that. So before we go, Paul, something I do with all of my guests is we do a little bit of a quick fire round to get to know you a bit more. Now, obviously, I don't think there's much point going Windows or Macs. And why? Because we already know the answer to that one. <laughs> so uh, so let's see. Um, running or Walking. Which one do you prefer and why?
1: Uh, running. Um, it, it's, it, it's almost a meditative name.
0: Um,
1: switch my brain off and and move. I love it. Love it.
0: Brilliant. And what's in your, in your life, other than your main home, which for most of us is an extravagant purchase, what's your most extravagant purchase?
1: Uh, something I won't skimp on is coffee. I'm a coffee snob. Um, I can't abide incidents. I'll drink a cup of tea, fine. But it has to be decent coffee. It's the one thing I will spend money on. Um, I I think that's, yeah, I don't know about extravagant, but that's one thing I won't compromise on.
0: I don't know. I guess some people call it extravagant, wouldn't they? I mean, at the end of the day, I'm an espresso girl when it comes to coffee, which is, you know, my son always says that's not the most top quality. There's others out there. But yeah, for some people, I'm guessing coffee would be an extravagance if you were spending a lot more on it than a jar of Nescafe or what Dow Egberts, or whatever else is out there on the supermarket shelf brilliant love it now the world's changed a lot over the last year uh pandemics wars economies what's one thing you would do to make a difference in the world
1: just help people where i can um there's been a few instances where i've i've helped people and i have the opportunity to to crow about it on social media or whatever but i didn't because i didn't feel it was right just help people where you can if you if you can, you should. And that's why if you can help, you should, people. That's that's how I feel about things, um, whether it's IT related or any other way. If I can help somebody, I just feel that I should.
0: Yeah, I, I love that one. I've always had this philosophy that, you know, one of the things a lot of us want to do as humans, we've got the basic needs, you know, the roof over your head, love, all of that lot. But I believe all of us as humans have a desire to grow, to improve, To go places. And what I love is when you go out there and you live a life where you're wanting to help other people, i.e., contribute, by default, you grow. So to me, it's the best way to grow your own life is to go out and help somebody else's. I love that one. And the last one, which I ask every guest, because our show is called Sweat, Grit and Hustle, when it comes to your business, which one resonates the most, sweat, grit, or hustle?
1: Grit. I'm stubborn. I don't know. I, I have to fail. I started the business to grow it. And that's been the overriding thing. I will grow this business.
0: Yeah, love it. Paul, it has been an absolute honour. Thank you very much for coming on and sharing some of your knowledge around IT, um, especially for those of you out there looking to start a business and wondering where the heck to get started. Um, apologies to our listeners for our technical difficulties today, but as I said earlier, if there was something that you heard that you thought, Ooh, I like that, but I didn't catch all of it, then do go to www.inceptionsupport.com, uh, and contact Paul. And as he said, he's quite happy to actually do a, a free little session with you to help you. And also, um, let you decide where he can help you in the future with your business for us if you want to get in touch with me you've got all my links on the show now remember we're here to help you grow and start your businesses if you've got questions then just ping them across to me on Facebook or Instagram we will see you next time to keep up with what we're doing and what's coming on sweat grit and hustle do visit us at www.sweatgrithustle.com.